0: Hi, welcome to another Ask Lynn segment. My name is Linford Morton, but my friends call me Lynn, and of course, that includes you. Now, Ask Lynn is a segment where I answer photography-related questions you pose to me, either by sending an email to me, which you can do at shutterbuglife.com forward slash ask Lynn. You can even ask them on our voicemail, so I can play your voice on one of the on one of these segments, that would be really really cool. But anyway, the question I have for today is one I heard when I was leading my last few photo tours. I've got this question a number of times. As a matter of fact, it's a, it's a pretty you know, I don't know persistent or com- or common question. I guess is the one the where the word I'm looking for, and it is. When should I use auto ISO or should I ever use the auto ISO function? You know, now, when I was asked this question back in 2010, when I started doing my photo tours, the answer is going to be very different than it is today. Back then, if you asked me the question and a number of you who might be some of my longtime alums might remember me saying, don't ever use auto ISO, don't do it. But times have changed, but more than the times, the technology has changed. So let me explain. But before I do, let's take a step back and talk about what I mean by ISO. Many of you will recognize ISO as one of the three elements of what's called the exposure triangle. ...how wide the shutter opens, which is the aperture, how fast the shutter opens, which is the shutter speed, and then the third one is the ISO, which is sensitivity to light. And in any correct exposure, you can have half a dozen combinations of these three, just about, equal the correct amount of light. So as one changes, the other one is usually adjusting if you want to keep the same amount of light. All right, enough of that nonsense. Here's the thing with your ISO. ISO, which I think of ISO stands for in search of light. It's sort of what I, I made up. But really, it's sensitivity, meaning at the lower end of the scale, which is ISO 100 or 200, the camera needs a lot more light to get good exposure than it does at the higher end of the scale, which, depending on your camera, can be anywhere from 16 to 3200 and higher. So... If you are outside and it's bright and sunny, you can get away with shooting at 100 or 200 because the camera requires a lot of light and there's a lot of light there. And if you're somewhere where the light is low, then the camera won't require as much light. And so with a higher ISO, you can still shoot without um, using your camera and no tripod because you don't have to worry about things like camera shake occurring. All right. I'm assuming you know and understand about camera shake. I'm not going to explain that in this answer because, you know, we want to keep it focused on ISO. So that's ISO. One of the three ways the camera, one of the three uh, elements of the exposure triangle. Now, when you go higher, of course, you give up some quality. And so when you go, uh, you know, 16, 32, 64, higher and higher, depending on your camera, that will decrease the quality of your final image and you'll get more in digital cameras of what's called noise. And film used to call it grain. But it's called noise. And you'll see in the darker parts of the frame, you'll see what looks like really uh, pixely, specklish kinds of, um, you know, effects. Usually in darker parts of the frame, you'll see it there really looking splotchy. The colors, you know, is muted just a bit. It's not as sharp as it could be when you use higher ISOs. And so this is why back in the early days when you said, should I ever use auto ISO? I would always say no, because that affects the quality of the image. And that's something that you always want to control. You don't want the camera... You know, making decisions that will lessen the quality of your image without your consent. You want to always be in control of the quality of your image. And I preached that for a while. But now technology has changed. If you have been paying attention to cameras in the last several years, you notice that there's a high ISO, um, you know, explosion going on because most of the cameras now you know when i when we started this discussion five six years ago it was not uncommon to see a camera top out at iso 1600 or iso 3200 so there wasn't that much room for play in the camera's range but today today if you can see cameras with 128,000 ISO at the top of their range. 128,000. Remember, we were talking about 1,600 just a few years ago. That's 1,600 a few years ago. Now we're at 128,000. And so this is ridiculous because you can now have so much more latitude. So that what once was at 3200, an obnoxious amount of noise, now is a pretty clean image. You can shoot on just about any um, new camera, any new entry-level DSLR camera, you can probably push to about ISO 4000 or 5000 and still get a decent image. I'm not going to say it's noise-free, but it's decent. The noise won't be obnoxious or distracting. So knowing that now we have a little more latitude and so when you say okay what about the ISO we we have a little more range to play with and so auto ISO might be okay in certain in certain circumstances so because now if the camera chooses a higher ISO it doesn't necessarily mean you'll get a you know uh, an inferior quality picture then we can relax a little bit and say okay camera go ahead make some choices and and one of the things we can do is set parameters because a lot of the a lot of your digital cameras will say auto ISO but within a certain range and so you can say only between 100 and 3200 you can shoot auto ISO or ISO only between 100 and you know 6400 or whatever the range is you have to know your camera and I'll get back to that in a second. But whatever that range is where you know your camera can can shoot without having too much noise, you can just build that range in in most of your digital cameras or D- and DSLRs. So, so when would you want to do that? Well, so now when you think about the the situations where you might be shooting. And where you might be needing high ISO, high ISO, it's usually when you are going into a place where there's a lot less light. And there's less light and you need a faster shutter speed. So if it's becoming dusk or if you're indoors, then you want high ISO. But what about those situations where your subject is going in and out of very dark to very bright, Think about uh, street photography for free, for instance, where you might have someone walking down the street and they 're walking in the direct sunlight and they walk in under a building and they go in under the shadows and then they come back out to the sunlight now you are tracking this subject and you want to make sure that 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 you, you are ready for any situation and and the other thing you are going to want to do is. You're going to want to have, you're saying, you're saying to yourself, I want a somewhat fast shutter speed on this shot. Okay, let's say you decide that you want to do a somewhat fast shutter speed. You want to freeze the action. Well, when you constrain and say 1 500th of a second, for instance, now the camera, the shutter is opening and closing really quickly. Now, depending on how fast your lens is, if it can't open wide enough to let enough, let, let enough light in, there's only one other way to get that uh, exposure correct, and that's to release the ISO. And so you might do that, for instance, photographing birds. That's a good example. The birds are flying in the bright blue sky. They they swoop under a tree. They go back into into the big blue sky. And you need to keep that camera at a very fast shutter speed, 1 500th of a second, 1 1,000th of a second. And when that that bird swoops under the shadow, if you try and get 1 1,000th of a second... With your lens, let's say, for instance, with a lot of lenses, the lens won't be able to open wide enough to let enough light in. And so you've got to release some of that ISO. Now, the only other way to do that without having to stop and change the ISO while you're shooting is to put it on auto. Auto ISO will now let you... Constrain your shutter speed and deal with the constraints that you might get in your lens on the aperture or your f stop, and still get good exposure as that subject moves from bright into dark shadows back into bright sunshine okay so this is why you might use your auto iso because because you are tracking subjects between very bright to very dark and you need to lock your eye your shutter speed very fast and deal with the constraint that you might get on the f-stop or your aperture so, as I said, a street photography is one situation where you might encounter this a subject moving again from the sunshine under the shadow of a building and back into the sunshine. Um, again, you might see this if you're photographing birds or some kind of nature photography where your subject is moving into very different kinds of light. And then sports might be one. So sometimes you're outside, you're, you're photographing the kids playing soccer, and they are moving you know, from a wide open field underneath some trees and then back out. Anytime you have that kind of a profile, then this is a case where you might need to use auto ISO. So that's when or why you would need, you might need to use your auto ISO function. And again, you have to know your camera. And so one of the things I I, I stress for people to do is, when there's nothing at stake take your camera and shoot at a range of different isos you know 100 200 400 800 16 32 16, go all the way up and then when you put the camera the pictures onto the screen you can take a look and analyze them and see how much noise appears. At what point does your camera start to show noise that's visible? And then at what point does it start to show noise that's distracting? And so you now know what your range needs to be for your camera and the the way it operates. Now, if you have a camera that was made in the last three to four years, you can probably do this. If you still have an older camera, meaning if the ISO in your camera tops out at 3200, let's say, you probably don't want to do the auto ISO. The old rules probably still apply to you because you won't have the range you need to have the camera choose an auto ISO and not have a really crappy picture as a result. So it still depends. If you have a new camera, it's useful in certain conditions. If you have an older camera, probably not. And that's the answer to when you might use auto ISO. Now, if you have a question you'd like me to answer, again, you can go to shutterbooklife.com forward slash ask Lynn and leave your question there either in writing or you can call the voicemail line and leave it there so I can hear your question and answer it as well. Thank you so much. I hope that's helpful for you guys. And keep the questions coming. And you can, again, remember you can follow the Shutterbook Life podcast at ShutterbookLife.com. And coming up this spring, we're going to be doing a weekend workshop in New Orleans. You can find a lot more about that at PhototourNewOrleans.com. It's going to be a lot of fun.